Our church building has rock climbing anchors attached to the roof. The reason for that is that the roof is pretty steep, and so when it comes time to work on the roof or replace shingles or do any work up there at all, the people who work on the roof have to be connected by ropes so that they don't run the risk of falling off and being injured. They have to be anchored because there's a risk that they could get hurt. Today, mental habits, the power of memorized prayer, and an anchor you need to hold you steady in a crazy, out-of-control world. Hey friends, I'm Mark Alanchelski, and this is The Apprenticeship Way, a podcast about learning how to live life with Jesus. This is episode 21, What is the Anchor Prayer? And when I wrote out this episode, I got to 5,000 words and I realized it was just too much stuff for one podcast episode. I mean, the whole point of these is that they're short and that you can do something practical with them. So I split the information in two, which means the series is going to get longer. And I also decided that I wanted to go back and do a recap of some of the key points of the last episode, because this principle that we're talking about, the habits of our mind, is really central to our spiritual life, and yet it's something a lot of us have never heard about before. When Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples in that last conversation before the Passion Week and his crucifixion, he told them that the goal for their lives, and that means for us too, was to abide. That was his word, abide. Some translations say remain. Now that means that you're going to live your life in such a way that you stay actively connected to your divine source of life in the same way that a branch stays actively connected to the vine that nourishes it. Now, this kind of life is not a theoretical spiritual concept. It's not an ideal. It's not just theology. This is a real possibility. You and I, we can live abiding in Christ, not just as a theological concept where we agree with some of Paul's writings and say, oh yeah, I'm in Christ, but in a tangible way that we can experience in our day-to-day life. Now, in episode 19, two episodes ago, I suggested that abiding is about where our minds focus. Wherever our minds come to rest, whatever our thoughts focus on, that is where we're abiding. In episode 20, we talked a little bit more about this. We all abide. We're already experts at it. We have specific mental habits that cause our minds to come to rest in certain patterns of thought. So for example, maybe you have a mental habit of worry or anxiety or control. Maybe your mind is always preoccupied with the kids and their success and making sure everything in their life works out perfectly, or you're worried about the house or your career path or whatever, whatever it is. Our minds get preoccupied with something, and that is where our minds are abiding or remaining. So abiding isn't some special spiritual superpower that only really holy people have. We are all already doing it. We're abiding. That experience, our minds coming easily to rest in certain mental patterns, that's abiding, and it's largely the fruit of mental habits we've practiced over and over. Now, I know this is a recap from the last episode, but this is a crucial concept. I didn't understand it for years. Whatever you do over and over, you get good at, and that includes the thoughts going on in your mind. So the more you worry, the better you are at it, the easier it is for you. The more you focus on what other people think of you, the more naturally your mind is drawn to that. The thoughts we're having today are practice for the thoughts we'll have tomorrow. That means that our mental habits are one of the most powerful forces in our lives. You and I, we we spent years, decades maybe, a whole lifetime building these mental habits. So stop for a moment and take stock. What are the patterns of thought you've been practicing over the course of your life? Worry, control, 
arrogance, entitlement, fear that you'll never be enough, a sense of dread that God is out to punish you. And the more you've rehearsed those thoughts, the more easy, the more natural, the more habitual they become, and the more, the more true they seem. Here's the really scary part. Everything else about us, our reactions to other people, our actions that we consciously choose, ultimately our character, all of those things are the fruit of our thoughts. Mental habits matter enormously. Now, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul tells us that part of the process of maturing in Christ is having our minds renewed. I think this is partly about our mental habits, right? Most of the mental habits we've built in our lives don't lead us to abiding in Christ. They don't, they don't cause us to live self-sacrificial, other-centered lives. Most of the mental habits that we've built over time are self-justifying and defensive. Growing in Christ means letting go of that and trying on new ways of thinking. We're not alone in this. It's not something we do just by force of will. It's hard to change mental habits. The Spirit empowers us, and yet there's still work that we get to do. We partner with the Spirit in the work of renewing our minds. And that, that's really about building new mental habits. Okay, now this is where we take a left turn. In the last episode, I suggested that one of the most powerful tools that we have available to us for changing our mental habits is memorized prayer. It's often called liturgical prayer. I also mentioned that I grew up in a church, like many of you did, that emphasized spontaneous, say-what's-in-your-heart kinds of prayer. In fact, I kind of grew up in a church that looked down on memorized prayers. But the truth is, as we look back at the history of the church and all through Scripture, that liturgical prayer, memorized prayer, is the most common kind of prayer used in our faith heritage. It's not only true for Christians, it's true for our Jewish cousins as well. The whole book of Psalms is an example I shared with you last week. And there's a reason that this has been the most common form of prayer. Spontaneous, extemporaneous prayers are great because they allow us to express our thoughts and feelings to God. You know, cast all your cares on Him, that sort of thing. That's wonderful. It's good. You should be doing it. But liturgical prayers have a completely different purpose. See, the words of liturgical prayers are often Scripture, or they're communicating truth that's rooted in Scripture. And so when we pray these words over and over, which is the point of liturgical prayer, right? You pray maybe every morning or every evening or maybe several times during the day. When you pray these words repeatedly, the words are planted in our minds. So liturgical prayer, especially when it's memorized, allows us to do something. It allows us to practice, to rehearse truth. And when we practice something over and over again, it becomes more natural and easier for us. That shapes our thinking. So these words, the words in these prayers, they are seeds of a new mental habit. And if those words are chosen carefully and they're practiced regularly, they can actually help you build a mental habit of paying attention to Christ. You can literally build a habit of abiding. Okay, that's all the recap. If, if you missed it, you can go back to the last two episodes and cover that same material a little bit more in depth. But I wanted to touch on it again because this is such a crucial concept for our spiritual lives, something I did not learn for decades. But today, and in this series, I, I want to introduce you to a specific memorized prayer that I've been using for the last couple of years. Now, these words are not magic, but the truth they carry, and the way that I've used the prayer, which I'll share with you, has made me the most conscious and aware of Christ's presence I've ever been in my life. It's been a real change. This prayer has been pivotal in bringing me to a place 
or I, I have what I consider to be a lived experience of abiding in Christ. Not every day, not all the time, but far more consistently than has ever been in, well, now getting close to 50 years of Christian life. I call this the anchor prayer. Now, an anchor is a small device that keeps something rooted in place, right? Those folks who work on the roof repairs of our church building, they're anchored by climbing ropes to those, to those hooks. Uh, an anchor on a ship, it's a small metal device that can keep a large ship from being blown off course when they want the ship to stay in one specific spot. The anchor keeps whatever it is anchoring rooted in place. Now, you and I are living in a cultural hurricane. There are enormous pressures from every side, pressures to conform, to give in to fear, to submit our dignity and autonomy to authorities who don't have our best interest at heart, pressures to see ourselves tribally as opposed to people who are enemies of us and people who are in and out, pressures to build a sense of identity through our status or wealth or image or how well our children are doing or our accomplishments at work, pressures to live in a self-protective, self-justifying way. Paul refers to all these forces as the world or the flesh, right? You can also talk about sin within us, pressuring us to behave in, in selfish ways that take advantage of other people for our own enrichment or security or, or sense of being right. Resisting all these forces is hard. That's why we need an anchor. Of course, for me as a follower of Jesus, Jesus is the anchor, and yet maybe you've experienced this Jesus can kind of become an abstraction to us. You know, instead of living with an abiding connection to his presence and power, we can find ourselves in this place where it feels distant, right? Where maybe we're relating to Jesus as just a historical figure that we believe lived and taught what he taught, or a mythic figure that we try and connect to in our own internal spiritual conversation, but isn't somebody that we have a real sense of connection to. Jesus can become a, a label for a bit of theology that we agree with. Well, none of those things can ever anchor us. It's actually Jesus who is actually present in our lives that's the anchor. How do we connect to that experientially? So I call this the anchor prayer because it anchors me to a number of key truths that are essential for my well-being and my spiritual life. It anchors me to three commitments I have as a follower of Jesus, and it anchors me to who God is and who I am in relationship to God. And these are big ideas. And it's hard to keep these big ideas present in mind as we're going about our day, dealing with kids, mowing the lawn, getting work done, doing the to-do list, right? Most of us don't go around through our day thinking theology. And yet these truths are essential if we're going to live a life that's free, if we're going to live a life that's growing spiritually and is honestly connected to Jesus. So here it is. Here's the prayer. It's simple. It's easy to memorize. It's short enough that you can actually pray it over the course of four or five breaths. Now, I phrase it as a declaration, although you could just as easily phrase it as a request, which many people are more comfortable with. Okay, here's, here's the prayer as I pray it. I rest in faith, trusting Father. I walk by faith, following Jesus. I hear in faith, obeying Spirit. In you I remain. Short, simple. Every phrase is a tip of the iceberg phrase. Each phrase represents an enormous truth that's crucial for my spiritual well-being. Each phrase brings to mind one of the essential parts of my faith as a follower of Jesus. It reminds me of the Father's sovereignty and grace that's important for me so that my posture towards the world is not control. I'm not in charge. I'm not God. I need to rest and trust. 
It reminds me of my identity as a follower of Christ, that my life is meant to be made up of steps, actions, choices that follow after Jesus, that follow His way. Not just what He said, not just a label that I wear that says I belong to His club, but that literally follows the path He laid out for me. And that I do this by faith, not because I'm certain, but because I'm trusting. The prayer also reminds me that I'm not alone in this, that God is with me through the indwelling Spirit. And if I can pay attention, if I can learn to be present, that guidance is available to me right now. The prayer reminds me that God is ultimately relationship, right? When John tells us that God is love, that's telling us that God is in God's own self, relationship, Father, Son, Spirit, honoring and loving one another in a never-ending dance of creation. And I and you, we are invited into that relationship. And then it reminds me that my primary work is not to strive. That's really important for me, for my temperament, for my personality, for my baggage. I need to be reminded to not be driven, but in fact, to remain. So in the next few episodes, we're going to look beneath the tip of the iceberg in each phrase. Each phrase carries with it powerful, important theology rooted in Scripture that's really vital for us to have a growing, healthy spiritual life. And the truth that these phrases point to is what I need to stay rooted in the middle of this chaotic world that's pushing me in every direction. So I memorized this prayer a couple of years ago. I pray it almost every day. I have reminders in my phone that bring the prayer up that will cause me to stop in the course of my day and pray it. Some days I pray it multiple times a day. And these words have begun to shape my thinking and give me new mental habits. This little prayer has been a deeply impactful tool for learning how to practice the presence of God so that what I believe is not just theology, but truly a lived experience. And so I offer it to you, a tool that you might use that might draw your heart Godward. I rest in faith, trusting Father. I walk by faith, following Jesus. I hear in faith, obeying Spirit. In you, I remain. May you have the grace of such a lived experience of Jesus' presence, really abiding in Him and having that release you from the driven life, having that anchor you in the middle of a chaotic world. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're hearing here in this podcast, I would love to bring it to you, to your community, to your school, to your church, to your retreat, to your event. I'm scheduling speaking engagements for the next year. I'd love to come meet you. And I could talk about spiritual growth, just like the content we're talking about, why our inner life matters. I also love to talk about emotional discipleship, why we have to grow emotionally in order to grow spiritually. That's, of course, the topic of my book, The Wisdom of Your Heart, Discovering the God-Given Power and Purpose of Your Emotions. If you want to check my availability, there's a link in the show notes that can get the conversation started. And I love to work with groups of any size. So even if you're a, a small church or a small retreat that can't afford a large honorarium for a speaker, let's talk. There's probably some way that we can work it out. If you'd like to talk about this episode with me or the Anchor Prayer or other people on this journey, if you'd like to find encouragement for this kind of spiritual growth from the inside out, then I want to invite you to join me in the Apprenticeship Lab member community. This is a private, positive community. It's a paid community because that makes it so that there's nobody there that is not choosing to be there intentionally. It's $8 a month. And in that community, you'll find a small group of people who are committed to this kind of growth and encouraging one another. 
maybe online community or online courses is just not your cup of tea, but you like what I'm doing and you want to support it, well, the best way to do that is to become a member, even if you don't use the membership resources. That recurring $8 a month subscription, it's kind of like a Patreon for me. It helps provide resources that free up my time so that I can create more content like this to help you in your spiritual life. I'd also be grateful if you take a moment to rate or review this podcast, right? Those reviews help other people decide if this podcast is worth their time. If you think it's worth their time, just two sentences explaining why you find it helpful uh, on Apple's podcast app, on iTunes. That would be a gift to me and helpful to those people looking for a podcast that would be a benefit to their spiritual journey. And of course, you'll find the show notes for today's episode, including all the relevant links at www.markellenshelsky.com forward slash TAW021. Until next time, remember this, in this one present moment, you are loved, you are known, and you are not alone.